Hello and welcome to the Armchair Theorist podcast. I'm your host, the Armchair Theorist. It's episode four and today I'm going to be talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders, which I think is a very popular case. I know I had certainly heard of it before, but holy shit, there's so much more to this story than I ever even knew. It is a wild ride. In summary, six people were bludgeoned to death one by one on Hinterkaifeck farm in southern Germany on March 31st, 1922. The murderer was never found or identified. Good few sources for this week. So there's articles from darkideas.net, atlasobscura.com, focus.de, Süddeutsche Zeitung, Abendzeitung, BOR, T-Online, and a website dedicated to this case called hinterkaifeck-mord.de, which I cannot recommend enough. It's so well laid out and organised and easy to navigate and has so much detail regarding every aspect of this case. It's really, really good. So if you want to know more info, that is your place to go. The website is all in German, but you know yourself, just stick the URL into Google Translate and you'll get it in English. We're in 1922. The Hinterkaifeck farm in the Bavarian countryside is still in the depths of winter, even though it's March. It's cold outside and the ground is covered in snow. Throughout the whole month of March, Andreas Gruber, head of the family at the Hinterkaifeck farm, has been hearing noises in his house. At night, he hears footprints in the attic above him, and one day, he finally works up the courage to go and check it out, which I have to say, fair play to him, because at that stage, if I had been hearing people walking around my house, I would have moved out. When he gets to the attic, he has a look around, but there's nothing there, so he chalks it up to his imagination, says he must have been hearing things during the night. When one day he sees a stranger in the distance staring at his house, he finds it weird, and he tells some neighbours. He also tells neighbours that the key to his front door has gone missing. They tell him to inform the police, but he decides not to. Now, why he didn't tell the police, I have no idea. It was a stupid decision. On March 30th, Andreas goes about his farm work on his land when he notices that there's footprints in the snow that go from the woods beside his house called the Witch's Woods toward his house. But there are no footprints leading away from his house. So a person has just walked in one direction from the woods to his house and never left. Now at this point especially, I don't know why he didn't call the police, or it was 1922, so why he didn't go into the town and get the police. Because, yeah, I suppose if you look at each weird occurrence, minus the footprints, on their own, they can be just written off as like weird happenstances or coincidences. You know, he checks the attic and there's nothing there, so them noises were just in his imagination. The stranger in the distance just could have been anybody looking in his direction and he thought they were looking at him, doesn't necessarily mean he was being watched. Keys go missing all the time, so that's not weird. But when you put all those three things together and the footprints just going toward the house and not away, it just it seems dangerous. Andreas doesn't live alone at Hinterkaifeck. He's got four family members that live with him. There's his wife, Katsilia, who is 72 years old. Andreas is her second husband. His daughter, Victoria Gabriel, she lives at home with her two kids. So a seven-year-old daughter named Katsilia Jr. and a two-year-old son called Joseph. Victoria's husband Carl had died during World War One before even getting a chance to meet his daughter Cecilia. So then, obviously, he's not the father of Joseph. So who is? You know, Carl isn't because he's been dead for five years. So who's the boy's dad? Fucking Andreas. Apparently, Victoria was so horrible. Her dad's sex slave. Fucking disgusting. In 1915, they had both been convicted of incest and both spent time in jail for their incestuous relationship. 
Victoria was also said to be having an affair with a man called Laurent Schlittenbauer, who was kind of like a local tour guide in the town and was also a next door neighbour. We will be returning to him later. Who else was in the house? The family's new maid, 44-year-old Maria Baumgartner, who had arrived on the house on March 31st, a Friday, to start her new job. Her sister arrived with her to help her move in and kind of settle in. And the sister left at six o'clock that evening and she was potentially the last person to see the whole family alive. Maria didn't even have time to unpack all of her belongings before she got murdered that evening. Now, I said the sister was potentially the last person who seen them alive because that night, so Friday, March 24th, at about half 11 at night, a man called Michael Plockle was walking by the farm when he noticed that there was somebody in the front garden burning stuff in the outside oven. The person at the oven seen Michael and shined a torch into Michael's face. So Michael couldn't see who it was, obviously, because the light was in his eyes. So he just continued on his way, found it a bit weird and just kept going. This sighting is disputed by some. So it's not 100% whether he actually seen this. But either ways or either ways, people were last seen alive in that property on Friday the 31st. So definitely were seen by Maria's sister and potentially were seen by Michael Pluckle. On the Sunday, so two days later, people thought it was kind of strange that Victoria hadn't turned up to Mass because she was a singer in the church choir and she was uh, quite a good singer, apparently. The next day, so the Monday, when Cotillia Jr. didn't show up to school, people started to kind of put things together and were like, oh God, we haven't seen the family all weekend, they weren't in church, and now Cotillia isn't in school. And the postman said that, the post that he had dropped off on Saturday still hadn't been touched or taken in by the family. But then everybody, you know yourself, like, you think of all these bad things and then you're like, ah, not Jesus, not, it can't be that bad, you know. Everybody just kind of brushed this aside and they said, ah, oh, over the weekend there was smoke coming from the house and the animals are being looked after. So they're obviously, they're obviously still home and at the farm. They just haven't come out for some reason or another. So... Then, the next day, on a Tuesday, a repairman called Albert Hoffner had been scheduled to go to the Hinterkaifeck farm because he was supposed to fix an engine. He gets there, knocks on the front door, and there's no answer. He can't even hear movement in the house, can't hear any movement on the land other than the animals, and there is a dog that won't stop barking. He decides, even though there's no answer, he was scheduled to do his job, so he he goes ahead, looks around the farm and finds the engine that he was supposed to fix. He fixes it and when he's finished, he's walking back off the property and he notices that the barn that he had passed on the way in, the doors to the barn were now closed, whereas they were open when he arrived and the dog that had been barking was now tied up. So Albert's thinking, okay, so somebody is home. So he tries knocking at the front door again, gets no answer again. He's shouting around the property like, hello, I'm here. But again, no answer. So he's like, whatever, and he just leaves. Later on that afternoon, two traders stopped by Laurent Schlittenbauer's farm. Now remember, he's the neighbour slash tour guide who is apparently having an affair with Victoria. The traders comment that Andreas's farm looks kind of deserted. And this when Laurent kind of puts it together. He's like, yeah, actually, it does look deserted. And the engineer told me earlier on that he did work on the farm and nobody came out to meet him and he didn't see anybody on the farm but there were people there so he thinks it's really strange so he decides to send his two sons over to take a look 
they go over and it's the same thing they come back and they say listen there's nobody there like it's it's completely deserted now at this stage then Lorenz is getting really really worried so he decides to get two of his own friends to go with him over to the farm to see what the hell is going on so he has a bit of sense now to actually go himself and bring adults as opposed to sending children over but you know it was a different time whatever and of course you wouldn't suspect immediately something's gone wrong the whole family's been murdered so fair enough to him we won't we won't go mad over that so Lorenz and his friends head over to the Grubers, but the house is locked, so obviously they can't get in. But they know that there is a door in the barn that is attached to the house, and they, they go to get entry that way. They head to the barn, go toward the animal feeding stalls, because the door to the house is behind them. And on the way, Lorenz trips over a big, huge pile of hay, and he looks down, and then he notices that there's a leg sticking out from underneath the stall. That's what he had tripped on. He hadn't actually tripped on the hay. He tripped on the hay that was covering the dead body. He calls his friends over and they start to pull on the foot and they end up dragging out Andreas Gruber's dead body, like his whole ass body. Lorenz, as curious as you like not bleeding butter on him, opens up the stall door and decides to search around the stall, like moving all the hay, searching under piles. And he ends up finding Katsilia's body, Victoria's body and little Katsilia Julia junior's body but little Joseph's body isn't there so Lorenz is thinking oh my god he could be alive in the house now Lorenz's friends while he's searching around there's they are a lot more spooked than Lorenz's because Lorenz obviously isn't fuss he is fuss but not too fuss because he's decided to go and dig around to find other people his friends kind of found that strange. They didn't want to go in and have a search. And the police also found it strange later on. But anyway, back to the barn. Because Lorenz had noticed little Yosef wasn't in the barn with everybody else. He thinks he's still alive in the house. So the men decided to go into the house, look for little Yosef. And that's when they find him dead in his crib. Um, one of Victoria's dresses, so his mother's dresses, had been laid over his body to cover it. So Lorenz and the lads, they're like, oh, fuck. So they go and they just look around the rest of the house. And that's when they end up finding Maria's body dead on her bedroom floor in a pool of blood. And her body had also been covered both by her bed sheets. And the boys are really surprised to find her body. Like, as surprising as it would be to find your neighbours all dead. Uh, finding Maria's body was weird for them because they didn't know that the Grubers had hired a new maid. So... They were just like, oh my God, there's this extra woman dead in the house. Lorenz and his friends obviously decided, oh, okay, okay, we need to get the police involved. So Lorenz says that, listen, I'll stay here. I'll like guard the house so nobody can come in. You just go off and get the police. Now, obviously, the two boyos that went off to get the police decided to tell absolutely everybody they met along the way. Because loads of people started showing up to the house before the police even arrived. Lorenz maintains that... He safeguarded the house. Nobody else was allowed him. Him and the two boys were the only people that went around um, that went around the house. But this is very much disputed and the police very much dispute this. And they say that they couldn't really investigate properly because so many people had had access to the property. But we'll, we'll come to the investigation in a while. Because I want to talk about the bodies for a second. And this is a little bit grisly, so just be aware. It seems that each person had been lured to the barn one by one and then they were bludgeoned with various farming tools but 
the primary tool used was a pickaxe thingy called a mattock. So Andreas, his face had been shredded to bits and parts of his face had collapsed in on itself and there were bone fragments jutting out from like his skull, like jutting out of the skin. Katsilia had been strangled and her head was bashed in, leaving her with a broken skull. Victoria's face had also collapsed in with the force of the blows and her skull was also shattered and apparently there was um, strangulation marks on her neck as well. Little Katsilia Jr.'s jaw had been smashed in and her throat was slit but slitting of the throat wasn't necessarily done deliberately. That could have been done with the instrument as it was being kind of moved across her body. That's what some of the reports said. But what's really so horrific about her death is not only was she a child and obviously innocent of absolutely anything but there was clumps of her own hair in her hands which means that either she had seen at least one of her other family members be killed and had pulled out kind of her hair in like fear or else she didn't die immediately after being attacked and kind of pulled it out in pain so and that poor girl she didn't like none of them well okay Andreas did deserve to suffer but inside the house Joseph and Maria had both just suffered serious blows to the heads just completely smashed their heads in let's get back to the house the police arrive but they decide this is way too big a case for us so they send off for the Munich police and the Munich police arrive in the early hours of the next morning along with a police photographer so yes there are photos of the crime scene they're so scary I'll stick a few up on the Instagram but you can get them all at hinterkaifek.ch there aren't many photos anyway I think they only took like five but it's still so creepy because that's the actual crime scene photos from so long ago but anyway the Munich police botched this case completely from the outset they have it in their heads and they just believe that this was a robbery gone wrong it's hard for them to collect proper evidence because of the people that have been traipsing all over the land for hours and hours before they got there finally they realize during their investigation and i use that term lightly here they realize that this is not a robbery gone wrong because none of the money or jewelry that was in the house were stolen obviously because it's still there and they realized that this was a personal attack which i think they were right about it took them a while to get there but it's right that it was a personal attack i think the police wanted to find out as well when they were doing their investigation they wanted to figure out how the family members were all lured to the barn because it really did look like they were killed in succession rather than they were all brought there together and killed at once so the police did tests where they wanted to see if screaming or shouting from the barn could be heard from the house which would have brought members out to see what the shouting was but no and then it, it doesn't say anything else about them trying other methods of trying to figure out how they were each lured there so it, we never know that that's never figured out but what they do figure out is which is so creepy is that whoever did these murders stayed in the house for a couple of days after the murders because the cows had been milked and we know that they were in the house for at least a couple of days beforehand because of the footprints or the footsteps that Andreas could hear but the few days after because apparently if the cows hadn't have been milked they would have been loud they would have been making noise and they would have been kind of causing a commotion so the killer milked them to make sure that nobody would notice that the animals were acting strange and that was one of the things that the people in the town 
that was one of the things that they decided that meant that the family was okay because the animals weren't acting up. So obviously the family was still there looking after them. But it just turns out that a murderer stayed and milked cows so that nobody would realise that murders had taken place. One thing that changes from article to article is the fact that either the police didn't collect fingerprints at all or that they collected fingerprints and didn't bother using them, didn't bother cross-checking them with anything else. I mean, either way, that's sloppy work. That should have been done. Because they they did fingerprint back then, so yeah, they should have done that. The police do question people. That is one thing they actually do in their case. But they they do that wrong too, because... The man, Andreas Hoffner, the engineer who was on the land on that Tuesday to fix the engine. They interview him in 1925. That was the first time he's interviewed. Three years after the murders is the first time the police sit down the man who was at the crime scene on the day the bodies were found. Now, that's such bad police work. The police also, they didn't even find the murder weapon, which was on the land. The matic that the primary tool used, the matic. To kill all these people. They couldn't find it. But it turns out it was on the land. They just. They obviously didn't search well enough. And it was only found after the farm was demolished. A year after the murders. So it wasn't until. Everything was taken off the land. That they were like oh my god look there it is. And one other thing. There's actually so many more other things. But one other thing I'm mentioning. Is the doctor who. Did autopsies and examined the corpses. Decided. Who knows why, but to decapitate all the bodies. So then the bodies couldn't be re-examined later on if other people wanted to look into it because they had all been decapitated. The case was finally officially closed in 1955. I mean, they never found out who did it. And they closed it because they couldn't figure out who did it. And a lot of the files, most of the files, had been destroyed during the Second World War. So they had nothing really to go off anymore. So let's get into the theories. Theory number one, it was a randomer. I think this one can just be thrown out straight away because there's absolutely no way. This was way too personal for it to have been a stranger. I mean, why cover the bodies? That's something someone does when they know the victim. So inside the house, Joseph and Maria's bodies were covered with the dress and the she, and in the barn, they were covered with the hay. Now, people killing random people don't tend to cover the bodies because they have no connection to them. There's no emotional connection that would, or, or guilt within them that, would, that they would have to cover these bodies because they don't want to see it. And, and the murder seemed very targeted. I mean, the house had been watched. The person had cooped up in the house for at least a day. Certainly more because Andreas had been hearing those footsteps for a while before the murders. And then they stayed a couple of days after to make sure nobody suspected anything. Why would a stranger do that? If a stranger just wanted to go out and kill somebody or kill a load of people, they'd just go do it and then be on their way, surely. There'd be no staking out the place, staying in the place beforehand, luring them all out, covering the bodies, staying in the place a few days afterwards and milking the fucking cows and lighting a fire because there was smoke coming from the house just to get away with it. You'd just run after I don't know. What would be the stranger's motive, so to speak? Because... It wasn't sexually driven. Nobody was sexually assaulted. And it wasn't driven by greed. Because it seems that nothing was stolen from the house. So just a random urge to kill a whole family. 
but this urge lasting long enough that you stake the place out, stay there for a few days before and after the murders. I mean, it seems so unlikely, in my opinion, that someone would go through such efforts to kill a lot of people for no apparent reason. I don't, I, yeah, this theory is just trash, throw it in the bin. The biggest and most common theory is Lorenz Schlittenbauer did this because Lorenz and Victoria had been having an affair and maybe something went wrong. Either they broke up or Andreas's abuse of Victoria ate away at Lorenz and he finally snapped and decided to kill them. If it was that Lorenz and Victoria's affair had broken up, I don't really see why he'd kill the entire family and the maid. That seems excessive. If he were annoyed about Andreas and Victoria's relationship, I could see why he would kill Andreas and Victoria, of course. I could see why he would kill Katsilia the mother because she did nothing to stop it when this was widespread information. I could go as far as to see why the children would be killed because they were offspring of Andreas and Victoria's fucking... I'm calling it a relationship, but it's not a relationship, you know what I mean? Like, Andreas's fucking raping of Victoria. But again, the killing of the maids makes no sense. I mean, she could have seen him when he was in there killing Yosef, so then he decided to kill her, but she was killed in her bedroom, so probably not. Or maybe he thought, oh shit, she's in the house. She could be accused for the murders. Why is my dog barking? She could be accused for the murders if I don't kill her, so I gotta kill her as well, just to, you know, cover all bases. I don't know. I can see that kind of being a possibility as to why they'd all be killed. But why he'd wait a few years after all the incest rumours to do this, I don't really know. Or not rumours because it was true, but I I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, the police did consider him a very viable suspect for a while. And they cited, of course, the strange disconnect he had after finding Andreas's body that he continued searching further for bodies and also his connection with Victoria and his proximity to the house. What goes against this theory though is why would he stay in the house days beforehand and days afterwards? He could just go in at any time and kill them all. Would his family not notice that he was missing for a few days before the murders, during the murders and after the murders? You know, surely that would come out. He would have to been seen about. He was on his property when the traders went by and when the engineer was talking to him so that it doesn't seem possible that he was living on the Hinterkaifeck farm while all this was going on and nobody noticed that he was missing you know another thing that goes against this was he was apparently asthmatic and would huff and puff all about the place and he wouldn't have and he wouldn't have had the lung strength or the physical strength to conduct such an attack because it really was it was a physical attack this wasn't no business of just shooting a load of people, which takes no takes no energy whatsoever. I say, like, I know. But I'd say shooting people is a lot easier than actually, like, smashing in skulls. Even though the police didn't have anything solid on him, the suspicion around him followed him until he died in 1941. But it didn't even stop there because it also affected his kids. So after he died, even the kids were torn away from jobs because of their name. And also in 1949, they were attacked and robbed. And people just thought, oh, well, that's revenge for Hinterkaifeck. And they had no sympathy for them whatsoever, which I think is kind of mean. Because even if it was Lorenz, it wasn't the kids. There was no need for them to, to suffer as well. But people are just, people are stupid. 
Another theory put forward in the Abin Zeitung article is that Andreas did it, that he was the murderer. According to this theory, Andreas, who by various accounts, not only in this article, but various accounts outside this article, say that he was a tyrant and a dom- domineering brute, which I well believe, given the fact that he like had this ongoing abuse with his daughter, that he killed everybody else in the house. The article doesn't say why, though. And this seems a bit like the Ludwig case from last week where they just rule it as a murder-suicide. Like, there's... Why? I can't see Andreas killing his family and his new maid and then bashing in his own head to such an extent. I don't even think that would be possible. I mean, it's preposterous. And what would be the point? What would his motive be? There's no semblance of motive for Andreas doing it whatsoever. It wouldn't be because of the incest thing, because that happened years before like the trials it wouldn't be to save face in that type of way because they just went on with that it wasn't money troubles because they were relatively well off and why would andreas have hired a new maid if he was planning to kill his family and himself that very day because the maid just adds an extra person that has to be murdered and a maid is something that you're hiring when you're thinking about the future and you're thinking of going forward why hire her on the day and then decide to kill them that day like that just makes no sense whatsoever so this theory is stupid as well if you ask me and we can throw that one away the Lauren Schlittenbauer one I don't think it was him but I'm not real now it's possible not probable but possible one wild theory is that Carl Victoria's husband didn't actually die in World War One and that he committed the murders according to this theory he came back to Hinterkaifeck to exact revenge on the family for Andreas and Victoria's relationship situation he was pissed off about Cecilia Jr. not being his and then Victoria going on to have another child with her dad so he murdered them all. Now this theory I think is a bit mad. There are witnesses who say that they seen him dying during the war which I do believe. Other people say that he couldn't possibly have died during the war because they seen him decades later but you know people are still seeing Tupac and Elvis roaming about and I don't think that's real either. One of the biggest reasons why I don't think this holds water is because why would Carl pretend to die? And then come back seven or eight years later to kill them all. Because in this scenario, he would have to have faked his own death during the war, have hidden out for the rest of the war and post-war until 1922. And then he decides, now I'm going to get revenge and kill them all. Seems a bit far-fetched because he died either in 1914 or 1915. So he's going to hide out for that long before getting revenge. Why not just go back straight away? And even if he wanted to hide out until the war ended, that ended in 1918. So why wait another four years to go and kill them all? It, it seems mad to me. I, I, I genuinely think he died during the war. This case is just one that's never going to be solved. I think too much time has passed for any real conclusions to be made. I know when I was doing the research, I found out that in 2007... A load of forensic students attempted to solve the case by using modern technology and stuff like that. And with the evidence that's still around, they were able to come up with a suspect a suspect that they think is the most likely person to have done the murder. But they never released who they think that is because they weren't 100% sure and they don't want to set the person they suspect's family. So what is the point in announcing they were going to do this investigation and that they found somebody? I don't know if they weren't going to tell us who they found. So I suppose we're just never going to know. But Jesus Christ, what a bleeding story. I mean, there's obviously tons more information on this. I'd be here talking for hours if I were to mention every single little detail. 
and nobody wants to listen to that. So, I mean, if you want all that information, like I said, that hinterkaifix slash mord.de site, it's got all the information on it. It's got tons more people involved. It's got a chronological event of everything that happened. Like, and the chronology start with like when these people were born. It's crazy. It's amazing. So yeah, definitely check that out if you want more information on it. Don't even bother with Wikipedia. Wikipedia is shit. So, yeah. I know, again, didn't come up with a solid theory for this one. Because, I don't know, it was definitely somebody that was known to them. But I don't know everybody that was known to them. But we've ruled some out, so I suppose I suppose it was a, a, a success, if I could say the word, in some way. So yeah, okay, that's it. Bye.